Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Luke chapter 12. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousand had gathered, so that they began to trample on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who killed the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more to God than sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store all of my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, 
How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, who the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready, or does not do what the master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded." And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you're going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny."
these days that we're living in, you hear very little about the fear of the Lord. But Jesus talks about the fear of the Lord in Luke chapter 12. In verse 4, he says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who killed the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you who you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Now, who's he talking about, friends? He's not talking about the devil. Who has the authority to throw you into hell after you die? Only one. That's the living God. And so Jesus says, yes, you should fear him because he has the authority not only of life and death, but after death, what's to come. The fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, to recognize that he's God and we're not to recognize that He is the Almighty and we are subservient to Him. We are created beings that we were created by Him and for Him. We need to fear Him, not as a um, someone trembling in terror from a, a mean, monstrous individual, but fear Him in respect to the recognition of who He is. He's God. He's the creator of all things. He's no one to be trifled with, and He does indeed have the authority and the keys of hell and heaven. He's the only one who has a hell to throw us into, and the only one who has a heaven to admit us into. It's only by His grace and only by the blood of the living Jesus Christ that we have any hope of redemption. And so we need to acknowledge Jesus publicly. We need to acknowledge the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus, as our Lord and Savior publicly. But Jesus says in verse 8, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But... Whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And so, friends, we need to ask the Lord to help us to publicly acknowledge him, give us opportunities to to declare who he is to us, opportunities to share with both friends and strangers alike. Jesus goes on in this chapter to condemn greed. He gives a parable of a rich fool who was concerned about all the money he had made and where he was going to store it. And God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. So who's going to get these things you've stored up? The point is that we need to be right with God. Yes, it's okay to make money and accumulate wealth on this earth, but it's not okay that the wealth has our undivided attention, that we're not focused on God and we're not using our finances and our influences for the things of God. Only the things that we do for the Lord are the things that will last. The things that are temporal here, the carnal aspects of our lives, these things are passing away with the grave. But whatever you store up for the kingdom of heaven makes you rich toward God. A friend of mine says, he likes to say that uh, he, he wants to make blue chip investments in the kingdom of God. That means supporting ministries that are doing the work of the kingdom, as well as doing the work of the kingdom himself. And so, friends, you need to provide finances for treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where your treasure is, the Bible says, your heart is also. You need to put your money where your heart is, friends. Someone once said they can look at a person's uh, checkbook and in five minutes determine what they really believe about the Lord. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would be good stewards and not rich fools. Lord, help us to guard against all kinds of greed. God, help us to store up treasure in heaven, Lord, so that we will have A treasure that never wears out, that never fails, that no thief can come near and no moth can ever destroy. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be toward heaven. That's where our treasure would be applied, and our hearts and our efforts would be toward heaven. God, may we publicly acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and may we remember the fear of the Lord. Lord, you're God, and we're not. 
We love you, Lord. You are indeed our Heavenly Father. Jesus, you are our Savior and our brother, but you're God. We recognize you as such. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.